welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night? I'm your host, Chris Santamassimo, and I'm from OGC Solutions. And with me today is Morgan DiGiorgio uh, from Direct Mail 2.0. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, and the, the listeners can't uh, see it, but your camera just turned back on, so we're good to go. <laughs> Probably a little technology mishap here, huh? <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Probably one of the reasons we do a podcast instead of a video podcast, right, just to uh, make it easy. You know, so... We, for folks that are familiar with the podcast, they're going to see a number of recordings from professionals in not only printing, but especially in the direct mail print space. One of the reasons that we've done a few is that, you know, I find it really interesting, this whole dynamic uh, and connection uh, between technology and that more traditional method of marketing. But what I think is the most intriguing really is that connection to uh, the technology side of what makes print really, really cool and interesting. And then also, Companies like Direct Mail 2.0 that can help businesses by using technology foster their growth. So we'd love to learn a little bit more about Direct Mail 2.0 and some of the things that you do for printers in the mail space. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we do. Uh, we are a MarTech company. We integrate up to 14 different technologies into direct mail campaigns to make them more effective. Uh, doing a couple of different things, either one, seamlessly tracking the mail, showing attribution, but two, and most importantly, lifting and bo- boosting the response to mail. So here at Direct Mail 2.0, our sole purpose is to make direct mail the most effective form of marketing by integrating it with cutting-edge technology. And from a print mailer's perspective, uh, partnering with Direct Mail 2.0 or having an opportunity to be a reseller really gives them the ability to add a lot more value to their clients' direct mail campaigns. It's something that is a unique selling proposition for them. It will set them apart from other print mailers in the industry. And they're doing something above and beyond just putting ink on paper. And You know, if I just think about all of the challenges that we've been experiencing and absorbing in this this industry over the last few years, uh, one being postage increases twice a year, a customer is consistently paying more for exactly the same product. So for a mailer to be able to come in and really add more value for their direct mail customers, get them better results, it's a lot more sticky and, and it's really, really valuable for them. Well, to your point about, you know, uh, the cost of it, I think uh, just to be fair to the to the direct mail printers, isn't it true that uh, a direct mail piece has got a much more lasting impact and, as you said, stickiness than an email or a text message or something like that? One hundred percent. I mean, I am a huge advocate for direct mail. First and foremost, direct mail, in my opinion, is the most powerful marketing channel that there is. And there's so much statistical data that backs it up. So you don't have to just take my word for it. (laughs) You know, go out there and do a little bit of research and you will see that marketing experts from all around post so much statistical data about the power of direct mail. And it's tangible. It has high brand recall. It activates centers in the brain for a long lasting impression. It stays in the household much longer. Additional ad is, you know, a second in someone's mind. It's there and it's gone. And I think about my personal experience too, like emails, we're inundated with emails. When I wake up in the morning, I'm just delete, 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 delete. I don't see the marketing message that was on that email that that, that I deleted. It's gone. <laughs> when I go out to my mailbox and I get a mail piece, I see the impression before I make a decision to discard it or maybe put it in that pile and say, hey, listen, you know, this is something I want to look into. If it's a really great offer and something I'm very interested, of course, I take action right away. 
Well, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, one of our prior guests on the podcast talked about that very thing that in a, in a digital only campaign, you got to hit the person at exactly the right time when they're in need for that thing or else they delete. But with a piece of mail, they might think, you know, that's interesting. I ought to think about that and I'll get to it at the end of the week, next week, and it's going to sit on your counter for a while. Um, and you'll get to it maybe a few times too. So it's making additional impressions. But then I also think though that the digital side of creating that, I don't know, circular campaign, if you will, or omni-channel campaign is really important too. And talk about how, you know, they, they all sort of fit together and maybe what's the, the latest and greatest in that area. Yeah, and and that's really what we do. I mean, to really sum it up, we have a MarTech company that deploys omni-channel marketing campaigns. And the truth of the matter is, if you look at statistical data in terms of response rates through different channels and how you're really maximizing your marketing budget, you really shouldn't be doing one without the other. And in a perfect marketing campaign, in my opinion, it goes like this, okay? It starts with mail. You're you're harnessing that powerful impact that's driven by that tangible, impressionable mail piece, that that creative and that offer and that image is seared in the prospect's mind. Now we can repeat that impression or utilize the power of repetition, which is the most effective marketing tactic that there is, to follow up and get back in front of that prospect with digital ads more inexpensively. And then from there, when everybody converts, they're going to a website, right? And so what better way to follow up with somebody than with a direct mail piece? And again, I like to think of my personal experience. And so, you know, I might have a little bit of an online shopping addiction. You know, it depends on who you ask. My husband will say yes, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, <laughs> you know, you, 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 I get a direct mail piece or I see a digital ad. I, I go online. Oh, yes. You know, let me look into whatever this is, usually a pair of shoes or something. And then I tell myself, oh, you know, I probably don't really need this. And I go to leave and a little box might pop up and say, hey, wait, 10 percent off if you check out now. And I just don't think that's that appealing. But a few days later, because of new technology and some of which we have at DirectMail 2.0, they grab my contact information and they send me a mailer and show up in my mailbox with a 20% off offer. And I say, now you're talking. And I come back and I convert. And you can do that in reverse. Let's say you started with digital and people are going to your website. You can increase conversions on your digital. We've seen response rates when following up digital with mail as high as 25%. Yeah, so that's the interesting part about it, or one of the interesting things that we're seeing more and more in the market is that uh, the direct mail might be the second touch or the third touch rather than always the first. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, so if you're yeah. expecting people to to convert online, the, the direct mail piece is what reinforces the original digital campaign in your example, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of different strategy that would come into play depending upon what the customer is trying to accomplish, what their marketing goals are, what that offer looks like, who the audience is. I mean, there's just so many different variables. But the point is, is that utilizing the perfect mix of the direct mail and digital is where it's at and where they're truly going to maximize ROI on their marketing spend. So where, if you had to point to some more mature adults, let's say, or older folks, you know, what, what's the what's the combination or is there a combination or are you relying solely on the direct mail side for those folks? Yeah, and that's a fair question, right? Because I think that if you think about the 65 plus 
age group, they're definitely not spending as much time online as, say, a younger demographic or millennial, um, but they are online. And I think that partly we can thank COVID for that. When they were separated from their families, they were all creating social media accounts. And now they're on not only just Facebook, who people say that's for old people, which I kind of take a little offense to that, but that's okay. And <laughs> but I, I have seen the 65 plus demographic even on Instagram. And so, you know, this is one of those scenarios where we would look specifically at that audience and we would gauge and say, well, these are the types of technologies that we're seeing the highest response where they're spending the most amount of time online. And and typically I, I go with some form of an addressable geo where we, we have the ability to target the devices of them right in the household. So they don't even have to be online. I mean, everybody has a mobile phone. I'm sorry, they do have to be online, but I mean, they don't have to be on social media. They're just on their mobile phone or they're on a computer at home. You know, Medicare is huge in the space and there's millions of pieces of mail that we run with uh, direct mail 2.0 enhancement. But yeah, there's, there's tons of different strategies and there's ways to reach them, even though they're not spending as much time online as a younger demographic. Right. But you, you also pointed out in the case of Medicare, Medicaid is that you're actually helping people in a sense because you're attracting them into the system to take advantage of benefits. They may not have heard about otherwise. Absolutely. 100%. But I would definitely say that mail is the most favorable marketing channel for that age demographic. No doubt. <laughs> but there's, I mean, there's so much competition in the space, right? So let's think about that. You send out a direct mail piece to, you know, senior A and they go online and they do a little due diligence on your company and they get 10 more mail pieces from 10 other companies. Well, if you can get back in front of them inexpensively through digital or we can geofence their house and keep top of mind awareness for that postcard that you sent them, you're more likely to get the conversion over the 10 other mail pieces that showed up in their mailbox. So it gets to the top of the pile, so to speak, right? Right. It just is. It's more familiarity, right? You're starting to have a relationship through the marketing ecosystem with that prospect. And it's all about repetition. We know that it, you know, marketing rule sevens, you know, get in front of them more than seven times. We see statistically 80 percent of sales, conversions, donations and political to vote are occurring somewhere between the eighth and the twelfth touch. So that's kind of like your sweet spot. If you can get in front of them eight to twelve times, your chances of driving conversion are very, very strong. Well, it's, at the end of the day, it's about some element of a relationship. Like you said, it's um, it's creating familiarity. It's creating trust, maybe. Um, and maybe, yeah. you know, maybe those brain signals that you get from the combination of digital and mail is what creates some of that trust. Yeah, it's it's think about branding. Right. You know, when you see somebody everywhere and, and anywhere, it, it's doing exactly what you're talking about. They appear to be more reputable. They appear to be more trustworthy, just like when you're using mail. Right. I mean, mail is is tangible. It's perceived as being a, you know, more fancy type of marketing channel or that it costs more. And it's a good piece of marketing to use for branding and creating that familiarity and trust. Right. There's there's when sometimes people get concerned about clicking on some type of malicious link in an email or something like that. You know, they're not they're not nervous to go to a website that they're receiving on a mail piece that they're getting in their mailbox. So well, you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth when it comes to cybersecurity, because it seems anyway, from everything I've read that, you know, the, the, uh, the spammers and the fishers are not spending the money to, to put out a direct mail campaign. It's all about email and text, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's just credible, right? I think that it really speaks volumes about an organization when they take the time, the effort, the monetary resources to put together a very nice direct mail piece and communicate their message to their target audience, especially for loyalty campaigns when you're trying to communicate something to your loyalty customers. It speaks volumes. So um, we talked a little bit about uh, the senior end of the of the customer base, but on the opposite end, from everything I've read, too, is that uh, during COVID, especially, there was a resurgence in or maybe a new appreciation by the younger crowd for the direct mail piece being stuck at home, et cetera. Do you think that's sort of continuing on as COVID is uh, kind of waning? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, before I dive into that, I just thought of something that I think is so relevant and important, too. Are you just about the age demographic real quickly? Are you familiar with USPS informed delivery? Are you signed up for that by any chance? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, every morning, I personally think this is the best thing that USPS ever did. <laughs> so every morning I get this informed delivery email. It shows me scans of all the mail that's going to be in my mailbox, and we can embed a full-color clickable ad right underneath that. I can click on it, convert, go over to a website. Well, just speaking about an age demographic, something that I found to be so interesting, and this stat has held true year over year, the highest number of user audiences and engagement on the informed delivery platform is the 65 plus age group, which you would think this is a newer technology and they probably wouldn't be using it. But as far as an email marketing channel is concerned, it's trustworthy. It's coming from the federal government. They've signed up to receive it and they're getting around a 65 percent average open rate, which is astronomical as far as an email channel is concerned. So anyway, that's that's a really good channel to use to enhance your direct mail campaigns for an age demographic. Oh, and there's 4% postage discounts. So who doesn't want to improve their uh, response rate and get a little money off of that postage that keeps even better, (laughs) even better. So how do, how do folks sort of sign up for that and take advantage of the informed delivery program? Yeah. So they can just do that through USPS.gov. There's a form on the website. Plus whenever you fill out a change of address, there's an option for you to enroll in the informed delivery. It's a free service. So something that's provided by uh, USPS. So terrific. Where do you see uh, the direct mail business and especially the omni-channel element of the direct mail uh, campaigns going in 2024 and beyond? Right. You know, recognizing everything we already know, which is the, the postage rates will continue to climb. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, just to kind of speak to that, too, I, I think that we've all seen that marketing mail volumes are down. And, you know, it's really hard to say is that there's numerous factors going on that I think are affecting that. Right. Yes, we have postage increases, but there's been a lot of fear propaganda about the economy and people have been a little bit more strict with their marketing budgets. But customers are truly looking for more targeted mail campaigns. And this is what I've been seeing when it comes to our resellers and the types of campaigns that we're putting together for their clients. Not as many of them are doing saturation mailings, right? They're looking to to market to a more targeted audience with their direct mail campaigns. And there's some very sophisticated technology out there that we can clearly identify as an audience, whether that's through a CRM or that's through the capturing of website visitors that are already raising their hand and showing an interest in your product or service. Um, and, you know, that's direct mail retargeting, which I talked a little bit about previously. And USPS has a new promo for that. And they're offering 5% postage incentives for direct mail retargeting. And when you can capture around a 25% uh, response rate on that, I mean, that's that's remarkable. But I think that for the most part, I, I definitely see 
a, a real push continuing in the direction of the use of omni-channel or multi-channel. The marketing ecosystem is just continuing to get more and more saturated. <laughs> we're getting less for every advertising dollar that we're spending. So truly maximizing those channels and the power of repetition will be very, very effective at, at helping them get ROI in their spend. But I think that we're going to see a lot more technology rolling out in terms of tracking and attribution because along with being more conscientious about their budgets and and who they're mailing to and that audience, they're also looking more to see how they can track and see ROI and where they're getting that return out of each of these channels or how they're getting it, which offer and which creative. And so I think that we're going to see the emergence of some even deeper tracking technologies and also um, the use of artificial intelligence. And so we're actually in the infancy stages right now of building out a sister company, DM2O.ai, where we are going to aggregate all of the tens of thousands of campaigns and millions of pieces that have run through our dashboard and take all of the data, whether that's the mail piece image, the offer, the creative, the call to action, is it a B2B list, a B2C list? I could go on and on, but just taking all of that data via industry and then having a dashboard where a prospect or a client that wants to run a direct mail campaign can come in and access this data and say, I would like to run a direct mail campaign in the HVAC industry. Can you please show me what best practices are to run that campaign? And it will give them data showing them where we've achieved the highest response rates, the highest engagement rates, what the offer looked like, what those calls to action looked like. And so I definitely think that we're going to see uh, a surge in the utilization of AI in in manners like that and, and probably several other facets. Well, just to be more strategic about where the dollars are being spent rather than, as you say, having this uh, blast, it's going to be you know, single shots, if you will, if you want to make that comparison. Correct. Right. And then once you are mailing very targeted like that, it actually makes it even easier to track as well. Right. This is great guidance for uh, folks that are trying to get out then with uh, brand building, uh, increased sales through direct mail. Um, you know, the the last thing that I think uh, marketing people really struggle with is uh, proving ROI. You know, response rates are fine and open rates are interesting too. But, you know, what does uh, the direct mail 2.0 platform enable folks to do when it comes to proving ROI to the folks they answer to? Sure. And I think that it's definitely very challenging, right? Historically, tracking an offline channel has been very challenging because digital is easy to track. I can put Google Analytics on my website, and when someone clicks on my social media campaign and goes to my site, my GA shows me that. Oh, you know, 18,000 clicks to my website, social media campaign. It's killing it. But when Mary B is in her living room and gets a mail piece and goes to my website, unless she converts, buys something, fills out a form, I don't see that. Right. And so direct mail doesn't get the credit it deserves. But we do have some very sophisticated tracking technology that will de-anonymize a website visitor and instantly suppress against the mail piece to show that attribution to the mail campaign. So Mary B that just went to the site with that initial conversion, that mail campaign is getting credit. So in addition to knowing who converted, how many converted, you also can track her customer journey through the site. You can see, did she just go to the homepage? Did she put something in her cart and abandon it? What in particular was she interested in? Um, and then we can also de-anonymize and show if anyone clicked on any of the omni-channel ads as well. But, you know, it's very challenging because there are still holes. You know, full transparency, the best way to be able to track the efficacy of a mail campaign is in getting and being able to acquire data from your customer, which 
is very challenging a lot of times. So what I would like to see more of, and I've seen some of it in the market, is technology that does specifically integrate into CRMs that automatically shows those initial leads into the organization or those conversions as well. Well, you know, the, the, I think in this area that the technology is growing so rapidly that I have no doubt we'll start to see more and more of that. Again, tracking that customer journey like you described. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not going to stop. I mean, it's it's honestly sometimes overwhelming and hard to keep up with. <laughs> and we do a pretty good job as a technology company, but there, it's it's tough. It's a it's a sprint. <laughs> That's for sure. It's a it's a sprint the length of a marathon, as you might, yeah. you might say, right? For That's sure. accurate. Yeah. Morgan, this is a blast. Um, I really think that what you guys are doing is uh, so interesting and, and amazing, part, in part because it really furthers what I think is a really cool business, and that is direct mail. Um, for folks that are interested to check out Direct Mail 2.0, how can they do it? Yeah, you can go to our website, uh, dm20.com. If you're interested in learning more, just go there, hit book a demo. But we've got tons of uh, information and collateral on there that you can go and further explore what we have to offer. Fantastic. So while you're checking out uh, the Think Factory podcast, make sure you check out folks like uh, Frank Aristegui from um, American Litho in Chicago, as just as one example of folks that are talking about the other side of this uh, you know, this uh, omni-channel campaign, which is the, uh, the paper and the ink and the mailing. Uh, and all the interesting things that those folks do. But oh, for yeah. today, yeah, they're good, good stuff. I track sure. their content. They actually do a really good job at marketing. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. yeah. <laughs> Frank yes. is quite, the, he's quite the sponsor for the industry. There's no doubt about that. So he's, sure. a good, he's a good man. So a little shout out to Frank. <laughs> but Morgan, thank you so much. It was a great chat today. And thanks for introducing us to more about what Direct Mail 2.0 does and how it can help uh, marketers. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciated it. I enjoyed it. Me too. Well, just to sign off, this is Chris Santamassimo, one of the hosts of the Think Factory podcast, and we'll see you next time.